somewhere in space. This may all be happening right now. Welcome to Star Wars at the Movies. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. At the Movies. An international oral history of cinematic experiences from a galaxy far, far away. I've seen Star Wars about a dozen times. I've seen Star Wars 17 times. 17 times. Star Wars? Uh, 24 times. 40 times and it was great each time. 45. About 57 times. You can never get too much of Star Wars. I... I've seen the first Star Wars 153 times. All together, we have seen Star Wars 324 times. We've been here for six days and it's great! Hello there. Welcome to episode three of the Star Wars at the Movies podcast. My name is Stephen Danley, and in this show we'll be paying a visit to Canada's capital city of Ottawa to hear from one of the most friendly and knowledgeable Star Wars fans I know. But first, how about an update from CBC Television, eh? Sorry. The Star Wars phenomenon is bigger than ever. The Return of the Jedi is now sweeping the continent, with long lineups that started days before the film even opened, and record-breaking earnings on its very first day. Luke Skywalker has jumped from the entertainment page to the front page of North America's newspapers. You can't escape from Star Wars mania. Everybody's talking about it. Millions are going to see it. Return of the Jedi. Just in time for summer, everyone's favorite space rebels have returned to set things straight in the galaxy. Return of the Jedi is another chapter in the Star Wars saga of good versus evil, pitting the rebel alliance against the corrupt dictatorship known as the Empire and the evil warlord Darth Vader. The rebel alliance is led by Luke Skywalker, who has matured to become a Jedi Knight, a kind of cosmic samurai for the forces of good. Return of the Jedi is meant to be the definitive Star Wars, and the special effects are even more lavish than its predecessors. All of this has pushed production costs over $30 million. But judging from the response across North America this week, Mr. Lucas has another big winner. In Canada, devotees turned out en masse, and theater owners see The Return of the Jedi as a kind of box office third coming. It's just marvelous. We just want this business. We need it. It stimulates us, and uh, that's all I can really say about it. It's just marvelous to to have all these people. Look at them. Whatever their motivation, moviegoers will get a full measure of cosmic thrills and spills, and, of course, the answer to the saga's most troubling question. Is Darth Vader my father? So you've just heard a shortened version of a story that aired in May of 1983 on The Journal, which was essentially Canada's version of ABC's Nightline from the States. I love the designation, Everyone's Favorite Space Rebels, and the host's description of a Jedi Knight as a kind of cosmic samurai for the forces of good. The best footage depicts Canadian moviegoers lining up and pouring into the University Theatre in Toronto, which was one of the city's premier cinematic venues for many years, and was still apparently the country's largest movie house at the time of its closing in 1986. The owner, with a penchant for the word marvelous, looks just like you'd imagine an old-fashioned movie palace barren wood. 
Facing the onslaught of the multiplex era, he revels in Jedi's box office third coming with a gold-colored sports coat and a very pronounced chin. Goatee, mustache, and sideburns included. Our first stop on our Canadian tour is astonishing Ottawa. Here our happy travelers are met and greeted by a group of islanders from the South Pacific. When it comes to Star Wars history in Canada, there's really only one name that ever comes to mind for me. And on the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast, otherwise known as the Kivecast or the Vintage Pod, depending on mood and taste, uh, my friend and co-host Sky and I fondly refer to Scott Bradley as Canada's greatest know-it-all, and with very good reason. Scott created and maintains one of the longest-running Star Wars collecting reference websites, the Canadian Star Wars Gallery, and has been an incredible asset to the community for years. He's also been a really big supporter and contributor to this At The Movies project from the very beginning, so I'm, I'm excited to finally be able to share the information he dropped while recounting his movie-going memories. A quick note before we get to the interview. Scott had sent along a number of photographs that we'll be referring to that I'll include in the show notes on the website, so be sure to head over to the podcast section at StarWarsAtTheMovies.com to check those out. Alright, on to the feature presentation. <laughs> And now for our feature presentation. same as it is today, uh, as well as as well as movies in general. Uh, one of the things I was really heavily into as well were like classic cars, antique cars, muscle cars, and uh, like building models of them when I was small. And uh, also the uh, the slot car, the AFX uh, race car uh, uh, racing as well. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of my friends were really interested in that be, uh, before the, the Star Wars uh, era came along. I was uh, born and raised in uh, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and uh, saw all the movies here. And um, so throughout the, the original trilogy era, the Somerset Theatre on uh, Somerset Avenue here in Ottawa uh, was the uh, the first-run theatre that actually held those. And then for other re-releases during the year, there were other theatres in uh, in town uh, that had them uh, as a as second-run as well as the uh, the double features, Star Wars and Empire, and then yeah. when they showed um, you know the trailers for uh, Revenge of the Jedi at the time. How did you first become aware of Star Wars, and and what made you interested in it? Yeah, it, it, I found that with Star Wars itself, it was a real kind of grassroots, word of mouth type of thing, and how the popularity just seemed to really emerge uh, mm-hmm. from nothing. Because uh, up here, when uh, and I think it was the same maybe in the states as well, um, it didn't really premiere on too many screens at all. Like you hear about in the U.S., where 
in May that uh, it was only released on something like 32 screens or right, something like right. that. The, and up, up here, we didn't get Star Wars until June, and that was for the, the bigger cities like Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, and here in Ottawa itself, we didn't get it until July, but I didn't get to see it until August. So, oh, uh, okay. But it was one of these things where, you know, like you'd seen like the, like the trailers on uh, on TV, and yeah. I said, wow, you know, like what's that? And the my first foray into it, and I actually it was my very very first collectible that I ever got, and um, it was from uh, my mom and dad, and they had gone on a uh, trip to upstate New York, and they okay. brought back the uh, it was the um, the first compendium issue of um, the Marvel adaptation, the big okay. oversized one, the Whitman Marvel one there, yeah, uh, that right. had the first three issues of the comic book, and on the inside cover they had the like production stills of uh, it might have been from a lobby card or mm-hmm. from uh, some from from uh, press material that had uh, like Luke and 3PO and R2-D2 in, uh, at uh, Luke's uh, homestead there. And another photo with Grand Moff Tarkin questioning Leia about the, uh, the location of the rebel base and mm-hmm. Darth Vader. And Darth Vader, that really, as a kid, really took my attention. I said, wow, you know, that's a kind of cool-looking mask. Who is yeah. this guy? And then after reading the story, it's like, whoa, this guy, he's like a really <laughs> bad guy, you know? So that was my first foray into uh, the uh, like getting to know about the story okay. and stuff like okay. that. Okay, so this you got to read some of the comic long, like a while before you actually saw the movie then. Yeah, yeah, okay. I actually read... Uh, but it was funny because the, the adaptation I found was like that, that shaken art was kind of a... Uh, like kind of abstract it didn't uh-huh. really kind of set the the whole kind of universe for me it, it more kind of like it was kind of like a bizarre kind of like a because it didn't really see any sets or anything in the background <laughs> right right and um at the time uh, my uh my sister my sister was funny there was a bit of a uh, uh repeating theme uh, throughout all of the star wars movies up until t- today uh, back in the old, the original trilogy era there, uh, she was the one that took me to see, and I don't think it was by design, but she was the one that took me to see each of the movies for okay. the very first time. So back in 77, uh, one of her friends had worked uh, at one of the theaters, and he was telling her, look, you know, you really have to bring Scott to see it. He really, <laughs> really loved this. So I remember, <laughs> this is funny, because she had brought me to see it, and you know how they have like the trailers at the beginning of the movies and right, things like yeah. that? I hadn't seen too many movies in the theater be, before that, and yeah. uh, they were showing, and it was just she and I, and uh, she's about, uh, she's nine years older than me, so okay. she was a teenager then, and I was just like a little guy, and uh, they were showing all these trailers, and they, this one trailer came on for some movie, it was some like love story, eh? and she leaned over to me, and she said, you know, this is the movie we came to see, and I said, <laughs> yeah, what? And I thought, oh, like, this is like supposed to be, you know, like Star Wars, and like... <laughs> Fighting in outer space and like this girl and this guy uh, hugging and kissing. Oh. That is some sibling. <laughs> and of course that brother conniving. That that is great. Yeah, and then and then of course the movie started and everything just was. Uh, yeah, it was great. I had originally seen uh, Star Wars at the Somerset Theater here in uh, Ottawa, Ontario, and uh, that theater, it was a very, very old theater. It, it was uh, built in 1937, and okay. it uh, first debuted uh, its first movie on um, New Year's Eve. So essentially, January 1st, 1938 was the, the very, very first time that a movie was shown there. And it was one of those, you know, it was designed as like a real nice art deco theater, 
it had all the latest and greatest, you know, with the you know, like plush rugs and drapes <laughs> and the new invention called air conditioning. Oh yes, yeah, I saw that, uh, and you sent me this uh, this news article clipping, and I I noticed yeah. that one of the uh, one of the little blurbs was about how the Somerset had the uh, high tech air conditioning system. <laughs> exactly, exactly, in a separate area for smoking and all plush. of this. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so it was a real like, kind of a you know like a, a, it was a big thing back then uh, yeah. to have like this movie theater and it was just a single screen th- movie theater so it was a huge huge screen seated close to 700 people fairly big for for Ottawa a, a fairly big theater I sent a picture to you with regard to the uh, the, the way the lobby looked with the chandeliers and all mm-hmm. that uh, but over the years they had kind of stripped some of the Art Deco uh, uh, designs and they really kind of made it for a bit of a plain Jane theater with the wood yeah. paneling and things like that so <laughs> very uh, very 70s <laughs> very very much so the um, by the time Star Wars came around the, the confectionery stand was moved up to the, the front windows where oh, uh, you would okay. line up on the sidewalk and I there was another photo I'd sent uh, with regard to uh, there's a black and white one there where yes. they're lined up waiting to go in you can actually yeah, that see that is a fantastic the, picture yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's exactly what I remember the way it used to be too you'd be mm-hmm. lined up outside there was mm-hmm. you can see on the ground uh, just in front of the door right on the sidewalk some of yeah. the like the, 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 the design of what the, uh, the original 1938 Art Deco uh, design used to be. And um, they also had uh, a big, big neon sign up on the top. And this was before I was around, though, and they they took this away with the, uh, had the big Somerset and neon, and it was Mm -hmm. like a really, like a flashy looking uh, theater. But Ottawa had passed a bylaw uh, with regard to signage and an encroachment on oh. uh, sidewalks. So they wanted people to have like a clear view down the city streets. Mm-hmm. And with people living in a, like nearby apartments, they didn't want all this neon and flashing lights. <laughs> uh, so yeah. they took all that away. And so by the time Star Wars came along, as you can see, they still had the, 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 the platform of the, yeah. of the of the sign that's like the overhang. They just had like you know those cheap uh, <laughs> signs where you put the little plastic letters right, in the right, little right. slots to, to advertise the movie. Yeah. So it wasn't anything grandiose, you know. Like it was pretty low key in comparison. But um, there's that uh, there's one picture right here where you can see the actual marquee and it says "At Last Star Wars." Yes, that is just so you can see they yeah. have a little bit of a uh, bit of a sense of humor and yeah. that's kind of a bit of a <laughs> testament to how it was such a groundswell of you know like public interest in this movie and I guess right. people were were really asking when is this movie coming when is this coming you know because mm-hmm. it took like I say like about a month or so for it to come to uh, to Ottawa so that's uh, it's kind of funny to actually see that you know at last it's here you know <laughs> so uh, and you can see with the lineups you know going down uh, and with just the the whole thing about the the Star Wars being a blockbuster, well, you can yes. see there, you can they're, they're all the way down the street yep. and around the corner. That's that is a common a common image. Uh, the local media here, when this really took off, they were scrambling to kind of get any little snippet that they possibly could. One of yeah. our uh, our local papers mm-hmm. had actually reprinted the entire novel over about one or two weeks in <laughs> uh, the paper. Wow, you know, okay. just to kind of to like to kind of keep interest going and going yeah, uh, yeah. i mean geez, like uh, the the lineups for this as you can see like well I, that's what i had to stand in you know to yeah. get in to, to <laughs> see the theater and uh one of the things that i don't miss about those days was you know like nowadays you you're you have the ability just to kind of reserve your seat online and then show <laughs> right. up about five minutes before there was one line that you had to stand in to buy your ticket and then you yep. have another line you had to stand in to actually get, to get into in. the theater so yes. when you go with your friends Mm-hmm. You kind of split up and say, okay, I'm going to get the tickets. You guys go stand in line. So, <laughs> right, right. you know, and, oh, and you'd have to show up about an hour, hour and a 
half before yeah. the, the show started. Yeah. And then you get to the front and they tell you, oh, you know, the soul is sold, is, uh, sold out. You have to come back <laughs> for the next one. And, oh, okay. And then you'd be hanging around yeah. downtown. <laughs> Going to, you know, uh, get something to eat, do some shopping, you know, yeah. maybe just kind of stand around on the sidewalk, <laughs> shooting the breeze until the next show started. But, right. uh, oh, yeah, yeah the, the, the demand was just fantastic back then. I, I feel like when you when you really look at the way these cinema cues look, the whole DNA of, of patience embedded in Star Wars fans, that I yeah. think that's where it really, really started. And it's just, it's still there. But yeah, you're totally right. It, it's, it's it's funny. I feel like some still have that instinct, even if they can reserve their seat online, they have to, they still have to go line up two hours before, even though there's, there's no, there's no <laughs> yeah. need. Part of it too is like with your, you're with your friends and you're, you're like discussing, you know, uh, you know, like even everyday stuff. But sure. as the yeah. movies went along, you'd start talking about, oh, you know, like I wonder what's going be about oh I saw a picture in you know this magazine and it showed these guys in white but they're stormtroopers but they they don't look like stormtroopers you know and like I wonder what they are oh they're special forces or something you know and you think wow you know and then who's this Boba Fett guy and, yeah it was uh, it uh, that was uh, it was more like of a social gathering you know yeah like, made, yeah. like a whole evening as opposed to that just go see the movie and then leave again. right I, I'm hoping that we can still kind of keep some of that <laughs> that yeah, social aspect yeah. even though if you might get rid of the inconvenience but yeah that's yeah, funny yeah exactly and another thing too that I kind of miss is that these theaters you know with the multiplexes being you know indoors the old theaters yeah. were right outside at the sidewalk and right. Something that's kind of disappeared that, you know, I kind of miss are the, like the old lobby cards where you yeah, go yeah. by, like maybe on the sidewalk and you'd look in through the window and they, they would show you, you know, pictures of the uh, of the movie and yeah. uh, maybe the odd time they would have the poster up there uh, as right. well, you know, and you'd see like little snippets like, well, who's that character? And, you know, uh, in one of those other photos, I essentially, you can actually see the lobby cards in the window. Yes, uh, right. So... It's funny because I, I walked past here. Uh, the the theater's no longer there. They actually mm-hmm. tore it down in uh, 2000. And uh, it's funny because the very, very last movie that I saw there was uh, The Phantom Menace. So uh, <laughs> the very last thing I saw was a Star Wars movie. Yeah. There. But uh, it's uh, the uh, the building. It's uh, kind of a community housing uh, now. But like the lawn that uh, you can see in the background, that was always the, the meeting spot, okay? Like if we yeah. were to meet, say, okay, we'll see you on the lawn there. So that was always uh, the meeting spot. Getting back to to the cinematic experience itself, what was your initial impression of of the movie, and and was there any particular scene or moment that really stuck with you from the start? Wow, well, yeah, I think it just knocked my socks off, uh, you know, and it stayed with me all these years, you know. I think that the biggest thing was like when that star destroyer came over the the, the top at right yeah. the beginning. It's like whoa. Yeah. You often hear stories about people, you know, cheering on uh, different aspects, uh, different points in the movie. Uh, I found that was more, uh, that that occurred more with the special editions. The original release in 77, people like had who had never seen it before, and they were just going to see it for the first time. It was more like, you know, the, like the oohs and the ahs, you know, <laughs> when that big Star Destroyer came over, and they're going, yeah. whoa, you know. <laughs> And yeah. then I remember when uh, Darth Vader, of course, when I was telling you a little bit about the that comic book and seeing yeah. Darth Vader and just wondering who this guy was. And then when he mm-hmm. he boarded the uh, the Rebel blockader on her at the beginning, eh? And uh, you hear like John Williams music, you know, bum bum bum. Oh, 
walking in and like like the whole theater was like really quiet or saying <laughs> oh, you know like you hear like some murmuring you know like who's this guy yeah. you know wow yeah. he's breathing you know and <laughs> so it was people were like more in awe as opposed yeah. to the cheering the only yeah. time I think I like, could actually hear people either cheer or like a really applaud was when the Death Star blew up at the end of the movie right. but yeah. before it's like people were just like amazed you know with like yeah. the sets and the robots and the cantina and they're saying wow you know look at this look at this man and it's it was just sheer, uh, like nothing, nobody had ever seen it anything like this before, right? And right it just like really right. hit you like a ton of bricks. We also had uh, experienced a lot of the uh, the, uh, the inclusion of uh, the, the costume characters as well. So, you know, that the, the whole uh, Rentivator uh, thing. <laughs> yes, so yeah. He had appeared uh, at various times, you know, like at Christmases, at uh, mm-hmm. various department stores like Simpsons, right. the Bay, and stuff like that over the, over the years to more, I guess, like promote the toys and things like that. One lesser known visit was from uh, when the Boba Fett character uh, came out in 78 uh, from the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. So uh, the toy fairs here in Canada, they were held in Montreal. And okay. uh, they actually had um, like the uh, the early design of uh, the Boba Fett, not the white uh, design, but the uh, the colorized one with the cat's eyes on the helmet. Yeah, uh, right. So right. he was uh, he Darth Vader, Chewbacca. They were all um, here to uh, help promote uh, the the Kenner line. So that would have been you know like the the in 1979 that uh, particular toy fair yeah. with the, like the Boba Fett mail away offer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I don't know if you've ever seen the the factors post with Boba Fett and he's got that uh, the, the fire uh, the, the flamethrower and he had it you could see it in some of the pictures uh, with a little boy and he's just like in, in amazement looking at him I think he's like sitting on his lap just looking at him saying, ah, you know just, uh, just enthralled and uh, yeah. they also had actually some other promotions as well in the 70s they had a uh, win a uh, I think it was like win a date or win a breakfast with Chewbacca or something like that and Peter Mayhew uh, was actually uh, he hosted a number of kids in oh, different yeah? age groups yeah, and he huh. uh, brought them for uh, for dinner at um, is either the CN Tower or the uh, the Central Canada Na- National Exhibition or something like that. But uh, the uh, the promotions were you know like don't worry kids this Wookiee won't bite or something like that. <laughs> and you had to you had to like color a picture and send it in. And like the the best ones were chosen for this breakfast yeah. or this meal with uh, with uh-huh. Peter Mayhew. So yeah yeah it was really really cool. With Empire Strikes Back, what what was that experience like? You know, having Star Wars been around for a couple of years, what was your experience going to see it? Well, I guess with uh, Empire, there was such a big, you know, uh, devoted following of uh, Star Wars. Everybody was just clamoring for the next movie to come out. They wanted to yeah. find out well what happened to the characters, right? There was a bit of a unique situation here in Ottawa because just around, I think, early May, there was a union uh, projectionists uh, strike. So all of the theaters in Ottawa went on strike, and I think they did that on purpose because of Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) And they thought that they were going to use that as leverage, you know, know, get the deal done and, you know, get everybody back to work, get their wages raised or whatever they were fighting for. That didn't (laughs) happen. May, June, July went by, and, you know, like, I'm, you know, here kind of reading about it in the paper or magazines, you know, and, oh, this was such a great movie, and, like, I have no idea what's going uh, on, you know, and I, that's... oh, come on, you know, I just want to see this movie, so by that time, my uh, my sister had uh, was married, and okay. my brother-in-law and my sister drove me to um, a smaller town uh, just outside of Ottawa, a place called Pembroke, and uh, so they were outside of this jurisdiction of the union, yeah. I came across old articles where they were saying that, well, people from Ottawa were driving and like all the way out like I wasn't the only one people were <laughs> driving to places like Belleville and 
Pembroke yeah. and Peterborough, like these are all like little smaller cities just outside of the, I guess, where the, the Union covered, just to see this. And oh, these amazing. were smaller theaters in smaller towns, and there was yeah. a, just all these people coming in to see the Empire Strikes Back. And of course, the theater owners were loving it, eh? But, oh, I mean, sure, yeah. Oh, like the, the lines, you know, because the locals were trying to get in, and then there's all these right. other people coming from outside coming to uh. see it, too, eh? Pilgrimages, but, uh, yeah. And <laughs> when I finally got to see The Empire Strikes Back, it was, oh, man, it was great. It was uh, kind of a, on a personal note. My um, my uh, my sister and my brother-in-law had a Chevy Monza. It was a hatchback. Mm-hmm. So the back of it was like just one big, big pane of glass. Eh? So on our way back home, they were driving, and I was sitting in the back like a yeah. rear gunner on a snow speeder. <laughs> and I was pretending I was picking off cars like they were at oh, walkers, yeah. you know, and uh, my yeah. brother always brings that up, because eh, I was sitting back there going, <laughs> pew, 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 <laughs> pretending that they were, all these cars were the Adam yeah. walkers, but uh, yeah. no, it was great, it was uh. great. Activate Harpoon! So, I had the big twist already been revealed to you by the time you'd seen it, or were you, was it still fresh for you? No, the only thing I I well I found out about it only because I had seen like pictures of him and things like that was who Yoda yeah. was. Okay. So I already knew who he was. That um, like there's that collector's edition uh, program. Uh, yes, that right. was sold in a school uh, right uh, in a store outside uh, across the street from my school. Okay. When I was in school, I uh, just before the summer uh, it had let out for the summer. I had yeah. uh, picked up a copy of it, so. He was already in it. I knew who okay. he was. I yeah. kind of knew a little bit about the story, but mm-hmm. man, with the reveal at the end, whoa, what? <laughs> Did not see that coming at all. It's just, yeah. And then for the next uh, little while, that was the big debate. Hey, do you think he was lying? I, I said, oh, no, he's right. lying. You know, he was just trying to get Luke, you know, to, to come over to the dark side. And no, no, he can't be his father. I was sure he wasn't his father, you know. Yeah. But uh, nah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was wrong. Did not see crazy. that coming at all. Like yeah. when he said that, I was like, I looked at my sister, my brother-in-law, and it was like almost, like, did you hear what I hear? Did I hear that right? You know, he said he's his father? What? I couldn't believe it. And I remember, too, since uh, it, the, the, the Star Wars movies kind of remind me like the old serials, you know, like from years ago, like in the 30s and the 40s, yeah. when they come back. The, right. the next week to find out what happened. But I remember at the end when, like, um, you know, like when after Han Solo's frozen and then Lando and uh, Chewie are flying away and you could tell with the music it was building that was coming to the end. Yep. And then when the credits started going, this one guy yelled out, Oh, no! 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 Because <laughs> you had to wait like three years, you know, to find out what happened. You, know, you just couldn't come back next week to yeah, find out, oh, no. Han's okay, you know. It was going to be another three years uh, until we found out yeah. what happened to him. that the, the popularity of the movies had increased from movie to movie. Mm-hmm. They did a little bit more to kind of, um, I guess, promote the movies, I guess, at the theaters. I remember yeah. for, for by the time Jedi came along, uh, they had uh, the, the food counter there, the confectionery oh, counter. Oh, yeah, yeah. They uh, had all like the, the MPC models all uh, built, like the TIE Interceptors and the X-Wing <laughs> and all that, and the Falcon. That's they had great. them all hanging over, the, um, over where you uh, went to order your popcorn and your drinks oh. and stuff like that. Oh, that's that's awesome. And then, <laughs> and then Jedi was about the earliest time when all the the quote unquote hustling I would say uh, started. I remember uh, in that that photo there where you can see the, them all standing on uh, the sidewalk. 
Yeah. I remember standing out there with my sister and my brother-in-law, and this guy coming along with the, um, you know, the the Adam Joseph uh, buttons. <laughs> And he had uh-huh. them all on a big cardboard, uh, big piece of cardboard, and he's saying, "Get your Star Wars buttons." Oh here. yeah, you know, okay. you you, you want to be a part of the movie? Get your Star yeah. Wars buttons. And he was charged, I think, back then it was like five bucks a button. And it's like, what? oh man, these things are only yeah. like a quarter or fifty cents. That is uh, five bucks for these criminal. Things. Oh yeah. It was just ridiculous, and they also had yeah. problems with people. Like there was so many people lined up on the sidewalk that they would yeah. start kind of like lining up in the street, and the cops would be coming by, and they would have to, you know, when the the movies were first released for like Star Wars: Empire and Jedi, and they would have to mm-hmm. like get people. Okay, everybody's got to get off the street, you know, and. They would actually, in some instances, like actually have to set up like pylons where cars would normally park, and they just wouldn't allow people to park there because like yeah. you know, there were so many people, and they would be like wrapped around the corner and down the street uh, to another block. They they were kind of like billowing out onto the street itself uh-huh. and become uh, a bit of a like a, a hazard, right, for uh, for public health. So yeah. they had the cops there, and they were like trying to get people to get back on the sidewalk, stay off the street, stay off. But uh, yeah, that was kind of a, a repetitive. Uh, theme every time a new Star Wars movie had, uh, had come out. From the early going, did you have a desire to take the movie home with you? And, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> in definitely. terms of merchandise, definitely. yeah. Yep, and it wasn't just like the toys, but it was also uh, you know uh, like uh, the books and things like that. That yeah, first year, of course, right. you know there there were no there were no toys. Eh? There were just right. maybe board games, things like that. Uh, and a lot of kids uh, my age too. Uh, we made our own like uh, the either like Lego or we would take um, uh, like old cardboard uh, yeah. boxes, cut them up, and use like mm-hmm. maybe the toilet paper tubes or wrapping paper <laughs> tubes, as, uh-huh. like the engines for the X wing and the sure. typewriter yeah. and stuff like that. And so we we made our own. And and, uh, mm-hmm. Or if we could afford them, we bought the models, you know, and made those. Uh, yeah. Bought the Star Wars storybook and mm-hmm. you know the, the puzzles and things like that that first year. So yeah, anything yeah. you could do. Oh, and the one of the big things was uh, the trading cards. They were only like ten cents a pack when they first yeah. came out up here in Canada. Right. And oh man, the stories, you know, with the, the being confiscated at school because we had a <laughs> uh, uh, we called it the store uh, that uh-huh. was right across the street from my uh, primary school, and there was also a pharmacy that they they both carried. The trading cards so okay. like all the kids in my class mainly the boys would uh, would buy the trading cards and you'd be trading them out on the schoolyard right pulling them underneath the, the desk like flipping through them and reading the movie facts on the back and then you know you'd the teacher would catch you and would confiscate <laughs> them and chuck them in her drawer and then you'd get them back at the end of the day but uh, yeah it was uh, it was a real uh, like the real groundswell like a like it just seemed like everybody really just loved this movie and in terms of stuff that you could actually pick up at the theater... Um, they were mainly those little, like, um, interview magazines that they had that they gave away for free in the... Uh, right, the right, and yeah. about it. So these were magazines that the, the two theater chains in Canada would, would distribute at the theater itself for free. And it wasn't... They didn't have just one movie per issue. It was, it was a... It would have multiple films, right? Yeah, basically okay. uh, they would uh, release them for the, the like the period, either the month or the like the, the the quarter that these upcoming movies were coming out. So they would yeah. have like interviews okay. with uh, upcoming uh, about the upcoming movies. A lot of it, I think, they was you can tell it was kind of just gleaned from some of the promotional material that the, sure. that the movie studios would actually and they just kind of reprinted. Or yeah. they'd have interviews yeah. with stars, and then they would have like letters, people writing in about you know mm-hmm. what they liked or disliked about a, a particular movie, and then yeah. some, uh, maybe some gossip about what stuff that's uh, coming up. I think both there were the two chains back then was uh, Famous Players and the Odeon. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Odeon subsequently bought out famous players, so okay. and then it became Cineplex Odeon, so now it's just like one big whole huge <laughs> type of conglomerate right back then uh, they had uh, showbill what became marquee for okay. i believe famous players i could be wrong and tribute was the odeon uh, magazine the, the the very first one that has uh, uh muhammad ali on the front that <laughs> yes. was the very first one the, the showbill that had uh, any mention of star wars and you could okay. tell like there was they, they there was that that kind of thought that this movie was just going to come and go real quick right well, it didn't it's, really it's just... devote a lot of time there's like one picture in there uh-huh. And Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing as being, you know, like the, the big names. And then you know, Harrison Ford, uh, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher being kind of like left in the background. They're, they're mm-hmm. kind of mentioned just offhand, but they, 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 they describe the lead character as uh, Luke Hamill. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Fisher, they spelled her name C-A-R-Y. So, I mean, like you can tell like they just didn't really care. They didn't yeah. put really a lot of emphasis on getting the facts that's, right, you know? Uh, that's funny. And then there's the second show bill with uh, Valentino on the front. Yes. That that has is a kind of a neat article in there. When they did the press junket up here in, for Star Wars, they sent in not here but in Toronto itself. Um, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford did the rounds mm-hmm. to a few places, including right. one uh, like a science fiction bookstore. Eh? And then right. afterwards, they uh, like they had signed autographs on comic books and posters and lobby cards and stuff, and give them away yeah. to people. Mm-hmm. And then they did some interviews at uh, various restaurants. Well, yeah. there's an article in this where the uh, the uh, the uh, the interviewer. Brought his son and we're talking to uh, Mark and Carrie and Harrison uh, on this press junket you know kind of yeah. getting their ideas and of course, Mark, he was always a, a kind of a real affable, kind of a, an outgoing person. Eh? Yeah, and, uh, he yeah. took up with this guy's son. It was really, really cool to, to, huh. to read kind of a bit of a, you know, kind of a, you could see it right at the beginning of before Star Wars really started taking off. So it was kind yeah. of cool. There's one tribute uh, issue that has has the artwork for Star Wars, but it has all three titles. So was this oh, yeah. for? Is this one around one of the the like double bill re-releases? Or uh, I think it might have been because it came out okay. in '82. And okay, and it says I see it says Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah, on there. it's so got maybe... Revenge on it. So that would have been the okay. year where they had the um, the uh, double feature, and then they had right. the, the clip for uh, Revenge of the Jedi right. after the, right. the two movies were shown. Okay. And this whole book, it's nothing but Star Wars. So oh, that's awesome. It's uh, okay. telling you all about the characters, uh, the, uh, the behind the scenes stuff, special effects, mm-hmm. the producers, directors. It's all uh, Star Wars. Um, and then the the Jedi specific issue is that is that the same thing where the whole thing is Jedi, or is that there's other stuff in that one? No, it's just uh, it's uh, it's a little bit about the different movies that were coming out in '83. There's a little like a story. There's a, it's a multiple page story, which is kind of odd. You usually get maybe two pages max, but there's maybe about yeah. six pages in that one about Jedi because I think it was so big and it was the the last one. So you had sent me this uh, news clip about Return of the Jedi's premiere in Ottawa at at the Somerset. The Return of the Jedi, one more in the Star Wars series that started six years ago. And according to a lot of people, The Return of the Jedi is a fantastic addition to producer George Lucas's Star Wars saga, with a lot more special effects, characters, and twists to the plot than ever before. The movie premiered today across North America, but in some places, including Ottawa, a privileged few got to see it last night. And in the Ottawa audience was 11-year-old Justin Trudeau. He brought his dad along, too. The Return of the Jedi cost more than $32 million to make. 20th Century Fox expects to gross that amount within the next two weeks. 
And judging by last night's reaction from the audience, the studio probably will. Justin, how did you like the movie? Great. Was it, the best was one, it? it was better than The Empire Strikes Back in Star Wars. At least I think so. Was it what you expected? Uh, no, more. Much more. Neato! <laughs> what did you like most about it? Oh, and at the end when everybody's shooting and stuff. Oh, man, talk about excellence. I saw Star Wars 21 times. How does this one compare? Oh, it's the best, the best. And how about you? I thought it was great, really good. The special effects were excellent. He's, he's so gorgeous, Harrison Ford. Oh, the best actor in the world. He is. Some people are predicting the return of the Jedi could topple E.T., the extraterrestrial, from the top of the box office hit list. And it might when you have people who will wait in line for hours to get a ticket, especially those who get there at 5.30 in the morning. Well, it's his idea. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's just, a, it's kind of nice to be the first person in the theater to see something that you've been waiting for for so long. And when people like Jaime de Castelvi come to Canada, all the way from Madrid, Spain, primarily to see the movie. Yeah. Would you believe that? I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but it's, uh, it's part of the way we feel about it. You know, we wanted to see this movie really strongly. Brian Nordland, CBC News, Ottawa. So it's just there's so many great things about this. The first is well seeing the current prime minister as a yeah. as an eleven year old, right? Eleven year old, yeah. So this was the day before the, the wide release, right? Yeah. So it was funny because you could win tickets to this, and I remember uh, it was a, a contest put through for our, our local paper. It was the Ottawa Citizen was a, a sponsor of the of the premiere. They had this ballot that you could enter like once a day for a week, and yeah. I sent in my ballots, and I never won. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember you know seeing uh, uh, putting my uh, my entries in for this, and the whole yeah. of, oh trying to see because you you were just anticipating this so much, eh? And it being the last movie, we thought anyway back then, right. like, the last yeah. Star Wars movie ever, and you think, oh, yeah. well, how are they going to wind up the story? Like, what's going to happen to Darth Vader and, yeah. uh, you know, the Empire and all that? And, uh, yeah, and then uh, I guess <laughs> they, they, they announced some uh, VIPs who were going to be going, so, yeah, yeah. I guess the uh, Prime Minister would uh, qualify. <laughs> He's still a big like Star Wars fan today. I don't right, know if I sent you that right. picture with him on Halloween there, but yes, a year ago. He right, he's dressed was... as Han Solo, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And yeah. his wife was uh, dressed up as uh, Leah in her the Hoth outfit there. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. So, that's yeah, great. He's a big fan even today. He actually still, uh, for a charity, for each new movie with uh, like mm-hmm. The Force Awakens and Rogue One, yeah. he actually rents out a theater and he brings like underprivileged children to see it before the release date too. So oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's really great. How have these movies maintained an influence on your life and what part have these, you know, original movie-going memories played in that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think it's, it's hit me and or it's influenced me on like so many levels for um, like occupation. I never kind of got into, you know, like the, the cinema or special effects like some people have. With yeah. Eagle, it was more of a kind of a, you know, like a, it, it developed into a hobby and I never yeah. really let it go ever since the, the, the first day that I actually saw, you know, that, that comic book that my mom and dad had uh, brought home to me. But I always maintained an interest in this and it's kind of, it's, 
it's always something I find that, that brings me a lot of joy, you know, when you, yeah. you research, yeah. like, not only, like, the toys, but the, the movie posters and the, uh, like, whole theater-going uh, experience, different events, uh, specials on TV, uh, yeah. the making yeah. of specials, the, even the holiday special, I was always interested in that when that came out. It was always, yeah. uh, it was always I find, a, a real kind of a... A sociable type of thing where, like, you'd be involved, uh, like, you could share it with other people. It was funny because a lot of the things, like, I look at today, it will bring back a lot of, like, very, very personal memories, you know, like, with the toys, I can remember. Um, when those the first twelve action figures, as an example, came out, my my two great aunts who were in their seventies uh, at the time, they made such an effort to try to understand uh, like who these characters were and what their yeah. names were. Even today, you know, like they they've they uh, you know they're not around unfortunately anymore. But yeah. I, I I I take a look at these things and. They, they bring back so many memories, and then now there's like successive generations of my family, my nieces and nephews. Uh, they came to uh, see Star Wars with me. Uh, I brought my nephew. That was the very, very first Star Wars movie that, or movie in general that he had seen was Jedi was re-released in 85. So yeah. I brought him as a little guy to see that. And now his children and my niece's children, uh, like I'm buying them Star Wars, not trying to force my own kind of interest <laughs> on them, but they yeah. basically, they, they, they like this stuff and they, they, they want to go and see it. So now there's a new tradition where... When the new Star Wars movies come out, they come down to Ottawa, and we all go out as a group and and watch them all over again, you know. And I I look at them, and I can kind of see myself at their age, you know, seeing yeah. the, the movies for the first time. And yeah, no, it's it's uh it's just a such a like a joyous. It sounds kind of corny, but it's a real. It brings a lot of joy to me when I see these things, or like you hear yeah. something on the radio or on TV, or you see sure. an article in the magazine about this stuff, you know. Especially uh, the old old uh, the original trilogy stuff. Scott, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast and for giving your story and, and all this great information about, about Star Wars and, and Ottawa. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you very much for uh, inviting me, Steve. I really appreciate the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I hope you have a great, uh, great luck and uh, success with the, with, the, with the new podcast. And anytime I can help out, feel free to give me a shout. Well, that was a lot of fun. Many thanks to Scott for sharing his story and for his patience. I'll uh, eventually get to a recording and releasing schedule that's somewhat in sync, but for now, it'll still be a little bit of a game of catch-up. Anyhow, on the next episode, I'll be delving into the history of Star Wars in the Portland, Oregon suburb of Beaverton. And that name might ring a bell for some, as it holds a special place in the original film's cinematic record books. Until then, be sure to check the main site, StarWarsAtTheMovies.com, for full show notes and images for this episode, as well as a recent blog post tracing vintage theater ads from Des Moines, Iowa, and more directly related to this episode, a post that takes a closer look at some of the Canadian cinema magazines that were mentioned during the interview. You can keep up with the latest updates by following the Star Wars at the Movies Facebook page and joining the community at the project's Facebook group, and the site's Instagram handle is at StarWarsAtTheMovies. And, as always, feel free to send me an email at starwarsatthemovies at gmail.com. 
Thanks for listening, and remember, relax. It's only a movie, and it's all for fun. Oh, man, talk about excellence.